Hello and welcome to the first episode of our new podcast, Marquette and Milwaukee. In this podcast, we'll explore the connections between Marquette University and the city we call home, Milwaukee. I'm your moderator, Chris Jenkins, and your host is the 24th president of Marquette University, Mike Lovell. Our guests for today's inaugural episode are Bill Scholl, Marquette's Vice President and Director of Athletics, and Madison Dunker, a student athlete on the Marquette women's soccer team and president of the Athletic Department's Student Athlete Advisory Committee. Welcome, everybody. Thanks, Chris. Thanks, Chris. Thank you for having us. Absolutely. Mike, you spend a lot of time with our athletic department and our student athletes. Uh, a lot of people look at our athletic department, either nationally or here in Milwaukee, as kind of the front porch of the university. What stands out to you about them as ambassadors for the entire university? Well, when I, if I think about our athletics program, obviously, it's the most external part of our campus. And so many people know about us around the country because of our athletics program, particularly men's basketball. And... When I think about our student athletes, uh, we could never ask them to do more or be better representatives of our, our campus. I think of last year alone, I think we on the field we had six championships in the, in the Big East. In the classroom, we had over 200 student athletes on the academic honor roll. Uh, later on today, Bill and I are having dinner with 24 4.0 students, you know, which is much greater percentage than the general population of students, and they provide so much service. Uh, to Milwaukee and beyond. And so they really are great representatives. And, you know, everything that they do, you know, defines excellence and makes me really proud to beat Marquette. Bill, is is that something you have to drive home to your student athletes or is it something inherent to them that they understand that they're out there representing the entire university? Yeah, actually, Chris, I think it's pretty inherent to them. I, I think it says a lot about who they are, how they've been brought up. Uh, it, we don't have to push things like community service very hard. In fact, if anything, I think they push us. We, we try to kind of keep the reins on them just so they don't burn themselves out. Uh, I, 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 I've been absolutely awestruck by how committed our student-athletes are to helping out in the community. Maddie, I, I go to a lot of your games myself, and I always see you guys interacting with the crowd. And every time I bring a, a family member or a friend there, they, they see they remark about how genuine it is when you guys interact with the crowd. Is, is it on your mind that you have to be an ambassador of the university, or is it, is it like Bill was saying, a little more inherent to, to who Marquette student-athletes are? I agree with Bill. I think it's a little bit more inherent to who we are. Um, we love when everyone brings their families. We love running out with those the little kids before the games. That's our favorite part. Um, at the end of the day, we were in their shoes at one point, and we were we were laughing the other day saying that when we were their age, it was our dream to play college soccer, um, and we're kind of there right now. And so we, it just keeps you – kind of gives you like a little check to realize that you were at that point and now you're here, and um, they're obviously hoping hopefully one day to be in your shoes. So um, like I said, that's our favorite part. So people think of Marquette as a basketball school, and that's, of course, true to some extent. We love basketball, but we have a lot of sports here at Marquette, including women's soccer, of course, one of our most successful programs over the last 20 years. My question to all three of you, I guess, would be, how do all these teams and all these student-athletes benefit Marquette and the Milwaukee community? Well, I can start. And, you know, athletics is such an important part of of Marquette, but one of the great things is is our student-athletes are completely integrated within our student population. And, you know, when uh, the students see the athletes, whether they be men's basketball players or women's soccer players in the classrooms, they're just their classmates. They're not anything special and some people they can relate to. And uh, we're not like, you know, other big schools where, you know, our our athletic 
um, our athletes are put on a pedestal, or, or, you know, are very much down to earth, and it's very, and they're very involved. As we heard before in the community, you know, I think it's 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 great. You know, I think there was a couple of uh, birthday parties at the women's soccer game over the weekend, and mm-hmm. they, they got to be down the field and run around with our, our student athletes. It was, you know, that's that's pretty special. And I just, you know, I think that, you know, our our student athletes are just really integrated, you know, into the university like any other student. Yeah, I think everything Dr. Lovell is saying is is accurate. Uh, we also, I think, bring a, a a kind of a diverse subset of students to our campus and to our community. You know, we have uh, student athletes. We have 320 student athletes, 29 states, and 13 countries. Uh, so I think that gives us kind of a, a it, it allows our student athletes to add, I believe, a real richness to the Marquette student body. And uh, and we take we take great pride in that. I, I, as as Mike says, we want integration. Uh, we do not want our student athletes isolated, and uh, I think I think they buy into that a hundred percent. To kind of speak from the student athlete perspective, as far as integration, I agree one hundred percent. When I sit in class, I truly am like I'm treated exactly the same. My student, the other students, um, treat me exactly the same, and I actually do appreciate that. Um, it's kind of nice not to like. Well, we can maybe talk about it a little later, but as far as like failure in front of people and on the field, it's kind of nice to have that sense of normalcy to just sit in the classroom and not have all eyes on you. Um, and as far as speaking to the service aspect of being part of the community, um, we did over 4,000 hours of community service this past year, and our new goal is actually 5,000, correct? Um, so we're obviously looking to um, hit that and exceed that mark. So I think that we do have a big impact on the community. In well, it's interesting to hear you say that because some people might hear the term student athlete and they just sort of kind of roll their eyes. They figure people who play college sports are just there to play college sports and the academics are kind of a sideshow. That's Those are some isolated cases, though, I think, naturally. Mm-hmm. What, what is it like for the rank-and-file student athlete? Um, I think that you – don't necessarily see the times that we wake up at five o'clock in the morning and I might walk into class at 11 o'clock and my day might be halfway over and the other another student might walk in and it's their first class of the day and they just rolled out of bed 20 minutes ago um, so I think that yes you that you might like have those isolated cases as you said but the majority of student athletes are here for an education specifically at Marquette and we're excelling in the classroom um, as Bill mentioned and Mike mentioned we have um, they're meeting with 24 4.0 students Um, we had over 195 on the Big East all academic teams um, and we have a over a 3.0 average so and you can see all the different majors ranging from biomedical sciences to communications to um, biomedical engineering so I think that uh, there are isolated cases, but I think that Marquette student-athletes really take their education seriously and want to be a whole person rather than just a student-athlete. Well, the, the kind of national cynicism about the term student-athlete, it, it seems like it bothers you, and I, I think I understand why, but could you, could you explain that a little bit? Yeah, I would love to, Chris, it, and it does bother me. It drives me crazy. First of all, I think it, it's insulting to the student-athletes. I mean, sit and listen to what Maddie's plans are post-graduation and what she does every day, and 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 don't try to tell me that you can't be both a student and an athlete. And we're playing soccer at a very high level. This isn't, 
you know, we're not, this isn't a, a, a junior varsity program that we're talking about here. Uh, 90, I would say 99% of the student athletes in the country are finding a way to combine being a student and an athlete. And I think what Maddie said is exactly right. Very few of them are going to be professional athletes. They might aspire to it, and we want that, and we hope they all make it. But let's face it, at the end of the day, they are likely to need uh, a, a different career at some point. Uh, I, I think... I think the term student-athlete is a very honorable term, and I think 99% of our student-athletes, not just at Marquette, but across the country, live up to that. Uh, and it drives me crazy when I hear people say you can't combine the two. You can combine the two, even at the highest level of athletics. Mike, what have you seen? You, you, you legitimately spend time with these teams. You've trained with them. You'll have people over for dinner because they got a 4.0 tonight. What have you seen from our student-athletes? Compared to the average student, the time constraints on student-athletes is so much greater. And what I see, the way that they manage the time, their commitment you know, to excellence, both you know, physically, emotionally, um, academically, it's, it's just unbelievable. And so you know, for me, like Bill, you know, when I hear some negative connotation around student-athletes, you know, it upsets me because I see you know, what they do every day and how hard they work and how they do things that the general student bodies don't have to do, and they do it in, in ways that make us really proud. Maddie, go over a typical day for us. What's it like during a, during your season? Um, well, today's an off day, so it's a little bit different. But, for example, today um, I woke up, got ready, had some breakfast, usually on a fly. I'll grab a bar, whatever it may be. Um, I actually usually go to work from about 9 to 11, and I'm a student helper at the Eagle's Nest, so I do whatever um, they need me to do there. And then I have class during the day, different times, I'll go, usually I'll have practice in the afternoon, I'll slide in a lunch on the go, um, and then two nights out of the week, I actually have night class, so right after practice, I'll head overnight to night class, and then go home, finish homework, go to bed, and start all over again. On a day when you have training, how does that work? Um, on a day that I have training, same thing, wake up, go to class, uh, slide in a, a meal or two in there, go to training. Um, we might have a weight session during the week, so that might be in the morning before class just to kind of keep our bodies um, up for performance um, and then have training, like I said, go to class, go to do homework and eat some a dinner and then go to bed and, <laughs> right. you know, Right, so thing. that sounds almost manageable if all the games were at home, but they're right, not, right. of course. What does a, a road trip do to, to throw a wrench into your schedule academically and personally? Um, we are very lucky with the academic services that we do have. Um, our coaches are fully supportive. We have a great support staff, so um, we will have tests proctored on the road, and um, Nicole or Katie or um, one of our coaches will proctor those. Um, it makes it a little hard with maybe group projects um, being on the road. and But our coaches, like I said, are very supportive. And as much as we would love to like spend all day in New York, we might have time and um, sit at the hotel and do our homework and get our stuff done. It is a priority for us to get our work done. So um, we make sure that that gets done. Uh, Bill, I've heard stories about student athletes talking about studying in the back of the van on a road trip or uh, making special arrangements with a local company to get up and do their internship work at 5 a.m. during their season. College athletics might be a lot of fun, but it's not necessarily glamorous all the time, is it? Yeah, I think it is a lot of fun, but I also think it's a lot of hard work. And, and you're right. You really see it when you get to travel with a team. You'll see on an airplane the books are out. Uh, one of two things is usually happening, either getting caught up in sleep or they're getting caught up on their homework, one, one or the other. Uh, and then we, as Maddie mentioned, we have a, an incredible academic support service. 
uh, services program, uh, and they frequently travel with our teams to help make sure uh, that everybody's staying on track. Uh, it 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 is fun, uh, at times glamorous, but it is always a lot of hard work. Mike. There are companies here in Milwaukee and nationally, I, I know I'd, I'd point to Rockwell Automation as one of them, that specifically look to hire student-athletes, and in a lot of cases, Marquette student-athletes. And I think maybe between the two answers we heard there, you kind of see a sense of why. Can you explain what student-athletes put in and the multitasking and, and the idea of working on a team with people from different backgrounds? Does this all apply to the business world, do you think, to some extent? Certainly. When, and I think about things that I learned from playing sports growing up that I didn't learn anywhere else. And, and the first one was leadership. You know, I, I learned leadership, you know, in the athletic field. I didn't ever learn that through my classes or anything that I did. And also the goal setting, you know, and the co- competitiveness uh, that you learn, you know, through sports. And, you know, those qualities, you know, are things that, again, a lot of people don't get those when they're through their college experience, but student athletes certainly do. And I can tell you, whether it be Rockwell or Northwest Mutual Life, uh, they they love the fact that people work harder and competitive when they come to their environments. In fact, I know that Northwest Mutual Life always looks to recruit student athletes. I just met with uh, Juliana Shear, one of our former lacrosse players, who's now working full time for Northwest Mutual Life, and you know she's actually already excelling, you know, in just a few months because of the characteristics I think that she learned, not only, you know, in the classroom, but on the field. Chris, could I, could yes, I pick up on that a little bit? You know, yeah. we often reference our, our fields and our courts as being some of the biggest classrooms we have at Marquette. Uh, you know, think about an 18-year-old basketball player in front of 18,000 people standing at the free throw line with two seconds left in a game. That, that's an incredible learning experience that is 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 filled with transferable skills. To, to the workplace in terms of handling pressure and leadership and all those sorts of things. And not many students get to ever experience that while they're a college student. Uh, it's, it's a soccer player taking a penalty kick with the game on the line. I mean, the, 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 the situations they're put in almost daily is a phenomenal training experience for them as they move into the professional world. Hey, do you feel that at all? Can you appreciate that now that something you're doing now might help you 10 years from now? Or, or, or does it kind of not dawn on you because you're just trying to slog through your day? Um, no, I definitely have to agree with both of uh, their answers. Um, speaking to the leadership aspect and the teamwork aspect, I guess to me, since I've always been on teams, the idea that people don't know how to work with a team um, is a little foreign. Um, but like I said, you will always work with people throughout your jobs, throughout your careers, in different parts of life. So I think that's so important. Um, leadership, I've been afforded so many opportunities um, for leadership through athletics. So I think that um, that's been able to allow me to kind of become the person I am. So I totally agree that it applies. Bill, when your department sat down and started working on a strategic plan to to sort of integrate itself with the university's broader strategic plan beyond boundaries. Student athlete academic success and well-being was a phrase we heard a lot. What does that mean to you? Well, it goes right back to the student athlete piece. Uh, the, the, the number one reason we all do what we do is to make sure our students and our student athletes are ready to move into the world and, as we love to say here, make a difference in the world. Uh, set the world on fire. I, I love that phrase. Um, and, and you only do that by making sure that, they, that the student athletes get what they need on the academic piece and on the student welfare piece first. Uh, now, you know, 
a lot of people will question, we talked about a little bit earlier, can you balance all of this? I, I'm, I'm, I'm totally comfortable that we can, and I think we have 320 examples of it every year. Uh, so we can never forget that our first commitment to our student-athletes is to make sure that when they leave Marquette, they are academically, emotionally, spiritually prepared to move into the world. As part of that strategic plan, Mike, uh, it, it seems like there's a spirit of, and Bill even touched on it earlier, that not being an island within the university. I imagine that may actually not be the case at every university. Sometimes the athletic department can be its own little island. What, why is it important for the athletic department to be so integrated into everything else the university does? Well, I think it enhances the university. And again, we've heard from Bill already that some of our more diverse students from all over the country and all over the world come from athletics and to have them be integrated directly with our students uh, is something that, that's very important to us. And again, I, I do want to stress the importance of the strategic plan. It's student first experience. That's part of the whole, you know, part of the university strategic plan. It's also part of athletics. And I think about, you know, you know how well our athletics department is doing it now it makes me really excited and really proud. And I think about uh, Kate and Reinhardt, who uh, was a basketball player here, you know, for us last year. He transferred, came here from USC and he was blown away by the support services that we had in the athletic department compared to what he saw at USC. And I'm telling you, USC is a pretty big place and got a great name, but we really take care of our students better. And he, and he noticed it when he first got here. And it's just something that I think is a real tribute to our athletics uh, program and our athletics department for really providing that special atmosphere for our student, student you, athletes. You know, you know, Chris, we have a discussion with our coaches all the time. One of, one of one of the things we always have to do is live up to the promises we make to our student athletes when we recruit them. You know, it's very easy to make a, a, a great sales pitch and tell them about all the great things that are going to happen when they're at Marquette. Uh, once they come here, it's on us to make sure we lo- live up to those promises and making sure they get degrees, real degrees, real education is certainly first and foremost among those promises. Maddie, you are president of the Student Athlete Advisory Committee, correct? Mm-hmm. What is that? Um, So as a student athlete advisory committee, we act as a student athlete voice on the university conference and national level. Um, So we obviously have our smaller Marquette SAC and we have um, representatives from each team and we come together and we kind of talk about, okay, what do, how do we want to support student athletes um, and work as a liaison between the student athletes and be the voice um, with the administration. Um, We're lucky because we do get to work directly with Bill and Sarah Bobert and um, Dr. Lovell, so and they are they have they're very willing to listen. Um, so we are lucky in that sense that we ha- work so directly with them. Like when students take a leadership role like that and have a stake in making decisions that affect them, how do you think that affects their success? Well, again, I think that more practical experiences they have when they're on the college campus, the better they're going to be suited when they go out and work in the real world. And, you know, having somebody like Maddie in her role and be able to have a voice for the students. I remember one of the first times that Bill and I met with, with SAC, uh, we heard from the student athletes about how it was unfair that in some of their classes, uh, their grades depended on participation when they weren't able to attend class because they represented the university, you know, we asked them to represent us, you know, and be away. And so to be able to, you know, remedy that and to be able to work, you know, to, to fix that with our, with our faculty, you know, is something that, you know, I think having that voice was, was really, they can make a difference for each other. Uh, Maddie, I understand that mental health is something that you're passionate about. Mm-hmm. How did you do, how did you develop that interest and what have you done with it? 
Um, so as far as mental health, I've always been interested in it from middle school to high school and on and through college, um, whether it be personal experiences myself and um, family or friends. Um, that's kind of how I developed a passion for it. Right now, um, this, this past summer, I was able to go to the Mental Health Summit for the Big East that we hosted with all the different staff and student-athletes, and I was a student-athlete representative. Um, and I was saying earlier that that like really reignited that passion for mental health um, in me. And then I came back and I worked with Maureen Lewis and Alex Gambacorda, who is another um, student athlete on the women's lacrosse team. And we started a program called SHAPE. Um, it's student health allies and peer educators. And so we're really trying to start that discussion on campus, specifically in um, the student athlete community, um, to talk about mental health and um, creating a better environment and taking that stigma away from mental health. I think a lot of people hear mental health and they're like, oh no, like they're really thrown by it. Um, so we're really trying to open that door and have that conversation um, so that people are comfortable sharing their experiences. Um, I think mental health is huge. The Big East has a push right now to treat mental health the same as they would physical health. So if someone has a mental illness, we want to treat it the same as if they have a sprained ankle, and we want them to get that help that they need. Um, so providing the resources and knowing the resources that we have on campus, because we do have great resources um, to those student-athletes, I think is a huge thing that we're really working towards right now with SHAPE. So mental health is a significant issue for college campuses mm -hmm. nationwide among all students. Uh, there's a different aspect to it with athletics though, because there's pressure to be perfect and you're performing in front of a lot of people. Mm -hmm. How does that change things maybe for student athletes? I think that part of one of the characteristics that got us to this point, um, we're all very self-critical of ourselves. So before we might hear from a coach or another teammate that you messed up, you kind of already know. I mean, it's part of, like I said, what got us to where we're at. Um, so whereas like a normal student might fail a test and the only people that know about it is the teacher, the student, and maybe the few people that the student tells. Um, but if we have a big loss or an upset or something like that, we, it's seen right away. So that does definitely add another pre add other pressures. And I think balancing the success in the classroom and the success on the field also can tend to add a little bit of pressure. Um, so we obviously want to provide student athletes with the best support that we can and let them know that they do have the resources um, if ever need be. Right. Mike, we know that, that mental health is an issue that goes beyond student athletes. We know that our, counselor, our counseling center will see approximately one third of our students as they make their way through a four year career. Uh, and it's just we're seeing more and more anxiety issues and other issues. What, what do students and parents need to know about mental health? Well, well, first of all, I think it you know it is um, referred to in the Chronicle of Higher Education as a crisis on campus because when one third of your student population, which is you know four thousand students, need to be seen for a, a mental mental health or mental illness, you know we don't have the actual ability to have to be able to treat that many students you know on the campus at one time and so we're constantly looking for resources and working partnering with aurora and and others to, to provide the resources we need for our, our college students i think you know part of what uh is going on is uh, students today feel more stressed than any other students in the history of our country and the, part of the reason why uh, that is is that 
we look at what, how do we define success? You know, and so we need to redefine what success is. Not everybody has to get into an Ivy League school. Not everybody has to win a state championship or not everybody has to be perfect at everything. And those are some of the expectations that students feel. And so that when you set the bar that high, you know, they are going to fail. And particularly if we don't give them the opportunity to fail, evolve, and grow before they get to college. It's going to be more challenging than when they fail for the first time when they get to a college campus. So part of it has to be redefining you know, for uh, people in, in middle school and high school that you don't have to be perfect and help them learn how to fail and, and learn how to be resilient because resiliency and grit are probably the two most important characteristics for you to learn to be successful in life. Yeah, I've heard you talk about that, the idea that, that it's okay to fail. It's kind of at the core of an entrepreneurial mindset to be able to fail and to learn from it. Uh, you see that mentality in Silicon Valley, and you kind of need to spread that around to the whole country, right? Yeah, well, I, I think, you know, I, I'm always, you know, when talk about the leadership on the campus, you know, I am constantly, you know, telling them that it is okay to fail. We almost need to celebrate the failure because when something fails, the person's in the failure, the, the project failed. But it, it's what you learn and how you adapt from that is what's really important. Now, Bill, we spent a lot of time talking about off-the-field issues here. But on the field, Marquette's had some real success in the past year. What are some of the highlights for you? Oh, man, Chris, there's <laughs> – there's a whole lot. Oh, since Maddie's sitting here, I, you know, I remember the overtime goal against DePaul, the golden goal, I yes. should say, yes. uh, that brought us last year's Big East regular season women's soccer championship. And uh, one of the things I really enjoy about our student athletes is how they support each other. And if I recall correctly, the first group to rush onto the field was our men's lacrosse mm-hmm. team, mm-hmm. who were ensconced in that far end of the and, and right behind the net when the goal went in. Mm-hmm. And uh, they rushed the field. Huge memory. Um, you know, Matt Bachman, freshman on the golf team, who sinks a putt on the on the last hole of the Big East Championship to secure not only the championship, but his medalist honors as well in that same tournament. Uh, just huge. Uh, I, I really could go on and on. I can't not talk about the men's basketball victory over Villanova. Uh, <laughs> that will live with me forever, watching kind of the outpouring of joy that night. Um, so I, there have there, been a whole bunch of them. Mike, there's a tradition where you host a championship team for dinner at your house. Is that right? That's correct. Uh, are we taxing the, the ability for you guys to provide <laughs> meals at this point? Well, it was. Um, you should ask his wife. Yeah. So. <laughs> oh, you're not doing the cooking no, today. No. It was really interesting. Uh, this past year, you know, we between golf and lacrosse and women's track and field, you know, we had. I think in the last week of school, we had three teams over right, right. Before, right at the end of the end of the end of the season. And I do want to throw in with Bill too. Another thrill was again when, when our women's basketball team won yes. the Big East yes. Championship at home. And again, to have in the one end zone, have the the cross team just yep. going crazy. You know, particularly when Natisha made the shot from yep. yeah three quarters from half court, court, from half yeah, court and right. they just they were, it was, but it was just a really exciting to win that championship. You know, on campus. And in terms of Marquette connecting directly to Milwaukee, it seems like the new arena gets closer to completion every day when you drive past it. What, what does that new arena mean to our men's basketball program and to our city? Well, I guess I'll, I'll, I'll start by talking about the program. Uh, I, it's huge. I think for some period of time until another one's built, and I've said this a lot, it may be the, the finest basketball facility in the world. 
Uh, we've all had a chance to kind of tour it lately, and as it's beginning to take shape, we're beginning to see why it's going to be so spectacular. Uh, it's it's uh, very compact. It's it's it's. Uh, I mean, the seats are going to be the worst seats are going to be so much better than some of the better seats in in the old building. So, uh, the Bradley Center was a great home for thirty years, but but this is going to be tremendous. Uh, Coach Wojo is already using it to recruit student athletes when kids are in on visits. He's taking them of a tour of the building. So it it's uh, you know game changer gets used a lot, but it, it can be a game changer for us. Mike, you got a chance to tour it. What'd you think? Oh well, f- I mean, f- you know, first of all, it is so intimate, and I think about the first of all the experience of the players playing in the facility, but also our fans, you know, our alumni. I mean, you're going to be right on top. It's going to be loud. It's going to be exciting, and so you know, I think for you know the next you know seven ten years, we're really excited to be there. It, but it's just one part, maybe the one of the more visible parts. But it's just one part of Milwaukee's story right now, isn't well, it? I you know again, I've been here ten years, and I've never seen the growth and expansion that we're seeing today. You know that that project represents one thing, but thing you saw the Northwestern Mutual building, you know, coming online, you know, things we're doing on our own campus, you know, things were happening in the third and fifth wards. It's, it's really, it's just amazing to see the growth. And, you know, and to me, it's exciting, you know, to see a vibrant city, you know, in Milwaukee. And I think that, you know, for the next decade or so, it's going to be a really exciting place to live. Maddie, you're not from here. You've moved around a lot mm-hmm. in your life. What, what do you think of Milwaukee? Um, I love Milwaukee. I think when people hear Milwaukee, they might kind of question like, hmm, what is it about that city that you really love? And, um, Obviously, I've experienced it during the school year, but this past summer I had the first, I stayed up here for the first time and had an internship and worked out on campus. And I was actually able to really see what Milwaukee's like in the summer. And it's amazing. Um, going around on, along the lakefront for like runs or um, every weekend there's a different festival to go to. Um, I think that's pretty awesome. Uh, the culture in this city is just incredible. We'll, uh, we'll close with. Uh asking each of our panelists today, what is your favorite thing about Milwaukee? Mike, I'll start with you. Uh, well, there's a lot of things I really love about Milwaukee, and, and Maddie just mentioned the thing I might enjoy the most, and that's having that beautiful lakefront to be able to enjoy, whether it be you know going running or biking, seeing the sunrise. It's just really something really special, and I, I feel blessed that I live in a place where I can live close to that body of water and afford, afford to live there and get to utilize it almost every day. You know, it's it's a bit of a throwaway to say the people, but I think it's true. Uh, you know, I'm 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 much newer to the city than than Mike is, and I've been um, incredibly impressed with how we've been embraced and welcome to uh, both Marquette and Milwaukee. Uh, so I think certainly the people, but I would also say it's a big small city or a small big city. I think it has everything you could possibly want in a city without many of the headaches that sometimes go with those larger places. Does Marquette count? Can I say Marquette? <laughs> yes. yes, yes, Marquette counts. counts. Um, yeah, but again, like I said, the culture and um, having all these things accessible to us, whether it be the lakefront, going on bike rides or runs or Bradford Beach or any of them, I just think it's, I love it. Bill, if you did want to expand on the goal of your increasing community service from 4,000 to 5,000 hours? We had a goal of 4,000. We got, uh, it was right around 4,500, I think, was the final number. I have it written down. 4,521 hours in 64 locations. Yeah, how about that? Uh, And that's approximately 320 student-athletes. So uh, always wanting to set the bar higher, as Dr. Lovell has shown us how to do. Mm -hmm. Uh, We are asking our student-athletes to see if each of them can maybe do another hour, hour and a half and get it to 5,000. 
you know, to me, it's such a two-way street. Obviously, it's good for the community and good for those agencies where we can provide some support and assistance. Uh, but I think probably our student-athletes learn more from it than, than the other way around. I think it is such a phenomenal learning experience for our student-athletes to be engaged in helping others. And what would be more Jesuit and Marquette than saying, let's go out and be men and women for others? Thank you for listening to this episode of Marquette in Milwaukee. More episodes of this podcast and other Marquette podcasts can be found at marquette.edu slash podcasts.